0: Hi, I'm Angela, and welcome to the Mood Board Podcast. I'm excited to continue these conversations around Women's History Month. I'll be talking with my friend and also fellow 28 Tastemaker, Quintise. She is the principal interior designer and owner of Studio Q Designs, which is an interior design firm based in Alexandria, Virginia. Today, I'm really excited just to dig into not only what are the current projects that Quintise has been working on with her firm, But in addition, I wanted to talk about a group that she is a co founder of called Design Collective DC and also about her new professorship at a local college and what she'll be teaching in interior design for the next generation. Many people have been asking me, how can they support my business? And let me tell you, if you're listening to this podcast, you are already on the right path, so just make sure that you subscribe and share it with your friends and family. But a second thing you can do is sign up for my Skillshare class, The Art of Styling Your Room, How to Create a Mood Board. In less than 15 minutes, you will have all the tools you need to begin to design your dream space. I will also provide feedback on Skillshare and share students' work on my Instagram feed. So on that note, let's get started with the show. Hi, Quintese. Welcome to the Mood Board Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. As I've said before, I know that you've been doing a lot of new things. We've been talking over the phone, but I felt like it was definitely time for us to just actually put it all together, talk about it on the podcast, promote it. Um, And I'm just thankful that you're able to take time out of your busy schedule to talk with me today.
1: Absolutely. Always time for you, Angela. I appreciate everything you do and putting all that information out in the universe for everybody. So I, I really appreciate what you do and I'm happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. So for first time listeners, I think first just briefly tell us about your business, Studio Q. When did it start? And you know, what are you working on right now?
1: Yeah. So Studio Q, boy, it's been an evolving monster. But you know, I started. Uh, I've been in the design industry for about 20 years, but I started Studio Q approximately 11 years ago, um, officially. And I started it sort of after I realized that, oh yeah, I'm done having kids. And it was ready. It was that point where I was like, okay, I'm done having kids. I think I can, you know, go full force with this. And so I started Studio Q. I was very delusional that... (laughs) It would be easier after I decided to stop having kids, but it, it's still always been a struggle. Um, but it's been it's been a, a roller coaster of emotions, but for the most part, lots of highs. So I'm I'm grateful for how Studio Q has evolved over the, the past decade. Um, we started with just little small projects and then, you know, it just grew and grew and grew. Our client base grew. Uh, so we've been really fortunate to have some really cool projects. And then, How we got to where we are now and some of the projects we're doing now, it has really been through word of mouth. So Mm -hmm. we've been fortunate that um, our clients really dig what we're doing. Um, And not just the aesthetics, but they enjoy the experience with us. So that makes, that makes all the difference in the world to a business, um, to not just have a glossy finished product product at the end, but also to have a really good experience that somebody will recommend you to the next. So that's how Studio Q has really been built. It's been on our reputation of designing experiences and having a good relationship with our clients. Uh, right now we're working on, you know, a, a ton of projects Um, i've been really fortunate during the pandemic to be so busy Uh, i had not anticipated this (laughs) um yeah it's it's been a blessing and a curse at the same time but it's it's i i am going to definitely count my blessings on that but um some of the projects we're working on we have a farmhouse project in charlottesville virginia which is fun um and then we have a beach house project we're working on in eastern shore Hmm. Um, We have an urban sort of design condo project that we're wrapping up now, Um, and we have another sort of like uh, like upgrade, basement upgrade project coming up where, you know, everybody's gone into that panic mode of, oh, I need an office, a home office, so so everybody's into that mode and everybody wants home theaters and all this other stuff, so we've got quite a bit of projects all over the place.
0: Yeah, and I do feel like with interior design right now more than ever, I mean, everybody wants to use every square inch of their home, you know, Absolutely. and if, if we can't get the products because those of you who are listening, so many things are back ordered and we're trying <laughs> our best, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like Back yes. is the name of the game, um, yes. but planning is definitely, I feel like the biggest thing, the floor plans, mapping it out, giving the 3D design, starting the process. I mean, that's what we're really needed for now more than ever. And I I am really excited and happy to hear that you're so busy because he's Mm -hmm. also like really beautiful, like portfolio builders as well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Everything, everything is a portfolio builder, honestly. I mean, even down to the tiniest of projects. So anybody who's listening, you know, even if you don't have whole house projects that you can shoot, even those small projects, it resonates with people like oh that designer knows how to help me with this doggone closet that makes no sense you know like even those small things resonate with people and you never know when a tiny project's going to turn into something bigger
0: it's very true one room it can grow Mm -hmm. one little spot one corner that's, that's
1: exactly exactly that's how a lot of my projects evolve i start oh can you just help me with this bathroom before i know it i'm doing the whole house so it it, it it works that way sometimes
0: so let's talk about the group that you are working with in dc to pr- to really promote more designers of color in the dmb area like how mm-hmm. did that start who's included in it and, and what's happening
1: yeah so that has also been one of those evolving things um about I would say about approximately three years ago, a group of myself and the, of some fellow designers, we just started casually meeting up, um, dinner, lunches, just kind of supporting one another mm-hmm. um, emotionally, supporting one another in business, trying to figure out, you know, like, hey, try this, or maybe your contract tweak it this way, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. just to kind of help one another out. Um, and it was, it was ba- probably about 2019 is when we started to realize that this was something necessary for many people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we decided to start making moves to sort of, Formalized the group a little bit. And we started meeting once a month in uh, showrooms and really started to develop something a little bit stronger. And then in 2020 is when we decided to make this official. Mm -hmm. And we started the process and the paperwork of putting it all together. Now at the time, only five of us were able to kind of move into that position of formalizing the group,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, uh, which was myself, um, Denise excuse me, Denise uh, Guadalupe Rojas, which I believe is one of your tastemakers. She is, she
0: is one of the tastemakers. Yeah, this year. yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Of
1: so you know her well, too. Um, Shauna Underwood, Ayemba Carly, and Charles Almonte. So um, the five of us were able to move forward with this. And it was kind of those incidents of 2020 that just kept popping up and made us realize mm-hmm. that we need to extend it beyond just, you know, the group of of black designers we decided that a lot of underrepresented groups were being you know excluded uh, you know excluded out of the, the conversation and so we decided to make the organization more about a BIPOC community so mm-hmm. we're embracing all kinds of cultures to get involved in making sure that we spread the, the support necessary within the community to build a strong community mm-hmm. to uh, to make sure that diversity in design is is become more of a staple um Mm -hmm. versus just a spotlight and also to hold the design industry accountable for all of this new promise of diversity and inclusion but let's not just do it once a month or you know let's Mm -hmm. not do it once a year let's make sure that it's not a um, specialty. It's more of a staple, a reality. And mm-hmm. every time we open the magazine, there is a variety of colors and, and, and you know, ethnicities and, and culture being put out there. So we get more points of view. I mean, the more diverse, uh, more diversity, the better this design industry will become.
0: Yep. I always say it's just a lot of money being left out. Like, what yeah, sure is. Into? I'm like the more money you're going to get because again when people see themselves they're like I want to buy that too I want to support this company more I mean all of it to me is just financially a loss by only representing a certain group of people everybody mm-hmm. owns homes everybody wants a home everybody has that American dream and the mm-hmm. more that you put a people of color I just think financially if nothing else uh you will absolutely see growth you know Sometimes people use have yeah. to to their wallet. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah like that's if more, true. I'm like, if morals don't work, finances definitely do. <laughs> I think help.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head there too. I mean, especially in the D.C. area where we are always in a financial bubble, where we yes. don't get overly affected by, you know, some of the downturns, um, you know, there's money here there's plenty for everybody. And so everybody can have a piece of the pie here. (laughs) So let's make sure everybody has the opportunity to get a piece of the pie. Um, So that is one of the reasons why we developed this group. And, um, you know, we, we definitely encourage our members to be continue to be a part of all the like national organizations that have, you know, really put their foot forward. BADGE, BIDN, um, yeah. we're a part of those as well, but our, our group is really regionally focused in the DC yeah. area and trying to help those locally.
0: Yeah, and I think that was something we had talked about before too, just how do we make sure that these groups that are national, they tend up sometimes going going to one part, like one region, so how mm-hmm. do we create more groups that are more like centralized in certain spaces, because right, The DMV in itself is a very wealthy area, that whole District of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia. I lived in Mm -hmm. D.C. for five years, went to college there. I mean, there's a lot of wealth and to tap into it, you know, some of the other groups may be kind of missing all of that, that energy. So it does make sense that you guys are kind of banding together locally to tap into that market.
1: Absolutely. And to be honest, D.C. is one of those absolutely true melting pots. Um, You know, you can go to places like New York. New York is fantastic, but you still have pockets there um, of of culture, you know, where you see, you know, most of the Italians are here and most of the black people are there. Well, D.C. is a little bit different in that you really have quite an infusion of cultures here um, Mm -hmm. and, and overlapping. And so for us, it's really important to to highlight that as well. I mean, think about how many amazing collaborations could come out of more diversity, you know, like, I would love to see more Native American prints, you know, or, you know, just the idea of having more indian flavor in our color palettes or you know just all kinds of different things that that we're missing out because we don't have enough diversity threads of diversity in the fabric of our design industry
0: yep to tap into well on that note let's take a break when it comes to finishing a room most people forget about the styling Even when people buy the whole room setting from the showroom. You guys remember that? Showrooms? Ugh, those were the good old days. You'd often come home, set it all up, and then ask yourself, why doesn't it look as good as it did in the store? Well, the secret is because it hasn't been styled. But don't worry, I've got you covered. Check out my Skillshare class, The Art of Styling Your Room, How to Create a Mood Board. And in less than 15 minutes, you will have all the tools you need to begin to design your dream space. Sign up for Skillshare.com, and I will post your work on my Instagram feed. So my next question is, you know, tell us a little bit about your new teaching gig, which I'm like, I don't know how you're going to do this and help everything else that you do, but I know that you will.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well... (laughs) <laughs> yeah I needed another job like I needed a hole in the head but um i I was approached to teach the to 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 teach i I didn't seek it out I was sought out and mm-hmm. to me that was really something that touched me that somebody appreciated my skill sets enough to say, hey, we really want you to be a part of the nurturing environment for the next generation. Yeah. So for me, that was really important to try and take on the challenge, even if I'm exhausted, which I am. Um, <laughs> teaching is a whole nother ballgame. I already had plenty of respect for teachers, but this digital learning thing is yeah. no joke. <laughs> it is no joke. <laughs> man, it's it's really difficult. It requires an extreme amount of organization and prep work and et cetera, et cetera. But like I said, I, I really wanted to take on the challenge and and figure out how I can be a part of that next wave of designers that's coming out, especially in this area. Um, I, I really want to be a part of that.
0: So which school are you teaching for and, and what course is it?
1: Absolutely, so um, I teach for Montgomery College, which is in Rockville, Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, in their interior design program. Um, I already had a relationship with them as I'm on their interior design advisory Council, okay. um, which meets twice twice a year, and we basically the advisors of the of the the program, Talk to several of us practicing designers to make sure that their curriculum and their program kind of stays parallel and in line with what we're doing in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, So when they reached out to me um, to teach, I was like, this seems kind of like a no-brainer. They know me, I know them, I kind of Mm -hmm. have an understanding of their curriculum. And then they were like really open to letting me just kind of mold the course the way I I think it should be. So that mm-hmm. was really fun for me as well. So I teach advanced presentation techniques, hmm. um, which, you know, a lot of people don't realize how important that is in interior design because that's your money maker. That's how you sell your information. That's how you sell your concepts. That's how you sell your services is mm-hmm. making sure that your presentation knocks somebody off their feet. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so I've really taken that, you know, and, and molded it in, in something that I, I'm hoping is very beneficial to the students um, in my class so that they can have a skill set that's incredibly marketable once they
0: leave. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's crazy Thank that you're doing it and I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, in addition to that, you know, it's nice to see more uh, people of color in the educational world and design yes. because you don't see that as well either. And one of and the one of the advisors, Chantel Villamar, is is um, is an African American woman. So yeah. you know, I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna totally gonna do this with you. <laughs> so
0: No, I yeah. agree. I mean, that's something that's been like weighing on me more like I The last podcast we just went live with was with Professor Carmichael. Um, Mm -hmm. She's a project coordinator for interior design at Howard University. And that's my alumni. And I've been trying to like connect more with them this fall just because I think that's like a thing that keeps weighing on me. Like we know that we're a small number and we know we want to grow. And we have to have have that generation see us and Mm -hmm. see that like we're out there and you can get there and you can be at this level. Um, Right. So I even have an intern right now at Howard University and it's, it's just for me like one of those things I just want to keep like molding that next generation of like you guys aren't alone. You're not going to be started from scratch. There are, there are We're out there. You may right. be small but we do have groups. We're mighty. We have plenty to share um, and I just want them to feel supported. So I love that you're doing that too.
1: Great. Yeah, you know, anytime. Um, I mean, the, that's another thing that the DCDC DC group is trying to do is I mean, we're in the baby stages still of developing programs, but um, that is definitely one thing that we'd like to do in terms of outreach, is reach out to these colleges and high schools where we can mm-hmm. pull in and, and mentor some of these, these up and coming designers.
0: I agree, they need more mentorship, they need more mm-hmm. mentors for sure. Um, so let me see, before we get to our next one, my next question is, how have you managed to really keep your business afloat, you know, during the pandemic, and then really taking care of your family, you have these foster puppies that are so freaking cute that you're always taking care <laughs> of. How are you able to manage it? How are you, how do you try to balance some of these things? Girl, I
1: don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, part of it is sheer just determination to survive. And some of it is just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, real talk here, you know, as an African-American woman, you are groomed from day one to, Mm -hmm. to be strong, to balance, to take on a lot, to, to persevere, to figure it out, to pivot, to, you know, to pull, to push, you figure it out, that's just the way it was, and like I said, I was very fortunate that business was booming for me, but I had already been in business for 10 years, you know, and had been established, Um, so I think had I been starting my business during 2020, probably would have been difficult. Now, that is not to say that I haven't had difficulties. Like you said, doing business in 2020 was a different animal, you know. It was figuring out, relearning, you know, how to do virtual presentations, and there was a lot of, um, you know, give and, and, and and play with my family. We had a lot of family meetings to say, okay, we got to readjust our schedules here. You know, Mm -hmm. I know you're used to mom doing all this and whatnot, but nope, Sunday, we all got to get in the kitchen and do some prep work. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of pivoting and figuring out what is going to work best for our family. Um, my family is really important to me. I'm a boy, mom, I'm a total boy, mom, and I am, I'm going to be out there zip lining in trees and climbing mountains with my kids. So I want to make sure that I have time for all that. So Mm -hmm. I work really hard at trying to stay organized and keeping organized. And I have an assistant who's amazing. She's been helping me a lot on the back end stuff, um, which I'm probably going to look into another intern for the summer, um, to help me. Um, so I've been doing a lot in that direction of of keeping myself organized, really, really organized as best as possible. Um, I have some really good clients but also making sure that they're the expectation is there. are like listen this is 2020 <laughs> like you need to be patient too because yeah. there's at least so much I can do on my end if it's back ordered, it's ordered. if it's discontinued I can't do it if I can't get a sample for five weeks I can't get a sample for five weeks I, there's nothing I can do about that so there was a lot of setting expectations or yeah. resetting expectations um so there was a lot. There was a lot there in 2020, um, and my puppies. Yeah, there. That's that's that that never gives. I have to have puppy energy around me. It's just like it's a but it's like break or bust. Like no no no. That I have to have puppy energy. They make me happy. They're a lot of work, but they're one of those. Yeah, they're one of those unadulterated joys that just like no matter how much crap they poop
0: everywhere you're just like but you're so cute how do you guys not fight the urge to like keep one like I feel like there was one you had that was gray and I'd be like this one I'm actually gonna keep I can't yeah you know what I mean I think that's what would start to happen and then I have like five puppies I'm like I plan to give that one away too and I did It
1: (laughs) it is it is a willpower thing. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When we started, we started about almost three years ago, we lost our dog, Bailey. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my family, we've always had a dog around. Um, So when we lost Bailey, it was really hard. And I wasn't ready to go through the idea of losing a dog again. Like, that was the first time I'd actually experienced losing a dog. And it was hard. It was Mm -hmm. pretty traumatic. Um, So... I said to myself, we love having dogs around, but I'm not ready for that full commitment yet. Fostering was the next best thing. And um, my best friend took me out to a resort where one of their activities was playing with puppies. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I need in my life every day. So
0: (laughs) just let them surround me, bring them all. Just
1: swore me, I need the puppy energy. I mean, it was just, it was a no brainer. So when I got back, we signed up for several Programs and that's how it all started.
0: I love it. I love seeing the like the photos. Like again, my husband's deathly allergic. Oh, never be those people. So I just live through your photos. I'm like, I want that puppy (laughs) so (laughs) bad. I want the one. Oh, like a little yawn.
1: Oh, yeah, they're so cute. They're really sweet. They are.
0: right, so now we're going to switch gears and we're going to go to the interior design game. So I know that you're working on a lot of projects and I know one of them is definitely a kitchen. I think I was reading that you have a kitchen on the books. So kitchens, bathrooms are always top renovations every year. There's no difference in 2021. When I was looking at numbers, they still seem to be top. Um, Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go through some trends that I found from Elle Decor that are supposed to be top kitchen trends for 2021. Um, And I just want to know if you love it or hate it and why. Okay. So the first one on the list is green cabinetry. How do you feel about this?
1: I love it. I think I love it because first of all, I know I, I probably should have a better like answer to that one, but I think I love it because I have been getting into colored cabinetry myself, like just mm-hmm. loving the idea of it. I think we went through a really strong gray and white phase for a long time. So I'm excited to see more like energy in color being infused in kitchens. So green cabinetry is kind of cool. I think it would be crazy if it was like Kermit green, but yeah, <laughs>
0: think, right, right. You know, the tone is important. Yeah,
1: <laughs> The tone is very important, but I, I think I do love it.
0: Okay. The next one is aesthetically pleasing cookware. I feel like everybody is just really investing in what the pieces look like that are even gonna go into the kitchen now when you're making meals.
1: Mm, I'm gonna have to hate that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Lord. <laughs> To me, just sounds like a whole lot of extra work. <laughs> now I gotta take care of this pretty pot, or I'm gonna be like leaping over the dining table to stop my husband from cooking in the pretty pot. <laughs> like, no, don't cook in my pretty pot. No, I can't.
0: <laughs> You're like, yeah, I I hate that one. <laughs> like the plates can be nice. I right. cook my food. Yeah, exactly. I understand that. I understand that feel. Um the next one is really maximizing storage in the kitchen.
1: Okay. Is there a temperature between love and hate?
0: We can do that. We can we can say like the middle ground. We haven't done that yet in the show. Sure. Okay. <laughs> oh my I'm god, that'll be new one. Yes. Love it, hate it <laughs> or middle ground?
1: <laughs> middle ground. Okay. So I love it um because you know I'm always finding new ways to incorporate organization in in spaces uh, not just kitchens but anywhere um but I also hate it because when sometimes when you give people too much storage it creates the idea that oh well I can save this and I can save that and I can save this and before you know it people inundate themselves with clutter and stuff they don't need um because they have the storage because it's like oh well I could just shove that in there and I can just shove this in there and so there's this kind of like I said, this temperature in between love and hate. I love the idea of of utilizing every inch um, creatively, but I also hate the idea of, you know, the way people end up using that
0: storage. Mm-hmm. I think it is important. Like we just moved into a new home and it's like now we have more space than usual. And now mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just putting weird things in places. Like my husband mm-hmm. has a toolbox under one of the cabinets. I was like, this is the kitchen. Why is a toolbox in here? You know, he's like I have room. I'm like, no, things have gone. Yeah. I'm like, we'll get to it in spring <laughs> cleaning. But I'm like, yeah. have it. But it's
1: true. I remember my when um this was a long time ago when I first started dating my husband. He lived in a studio, but it was just him. He didn't have a lot of stuff. And I went to go cook in his kitchen, and I opened the cabinet, and his sweaters were there. And I was
0: like, right. What? Right. No. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait. that's not where the sweaters go. He's
1: like, well, I didn't need a dresser because I had all this extra storage in the kitchen. I was like, oh, <laughs> see, this is what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, no, you get a storage bin, you store that in a closet. <laughs> a no. Closet. <laughs> I don't care how much space you have. That's weird. <laughs> no, it was weird. Um, so the next one is uh, sleek finishes. I Love it, okay. love
1: it. I'm always a proponent of Cool. What's new and what's next? Um, I miss traveling, um, but when I when I, when we were traveling, I would go to shows in Italy and Paris and see all the cool new tech that was coming out. So I love the chic and shiny. I love the cool and sleek. Like that's totally something I love. That's
0: right. Mm -hmm. The other one is restaurant, um, restaurant quality appliances. Like, do you really feel like when you're designing a kitchen, like you really would put a lot of money into those pieces?
1: I would have to say that depends on the client. But if we're playing this game, I'm going to say hate it. Um, Because I think that if you're not a, you know, amateur chef, it, it, it can get really costly <laughs> to do these yeah. appliances you yeah. know like and i feel like when you're remodeling your entire kitchen it's because you want to have a beautiful kitchen not necessarily spend 80 percent of your budget on the appliances yeah it's true
0: it's true i've definitely been there where, even with clients where they said they were pretty open in the budget when we started pulling some of those restaurants they're like angela i'm not that cool i didn't want to tell yeah you. right no, I mean, we said we Nothing. were cool. Well, never mind. <laughs> you are know, like dial it back. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: is fine too. Yeah. Um, exactly. One of the other ones, and I, we have this right now in our house, and I don't know how I feel. Well, I do know how I feel about them. Smart appliances, where they just have, they have like a lot of personality. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> My dishwasher sings a song when it's done. Our refrigerator beeps a lot our stove yeah. a lot. I'm like, how do I shut this up? It's too many experiences.
1: It's too much. Yeah. Um, smart appliances. Okay. So a good portion of my clients are men. So I encounter a lot of this stuff all the time and in, in, in designing with it. So in design, I love it in my house. I don't want it. <laughs> I hate it because I'm like, you know, anything that involves the word Alexa, I'm like, no. Um, she She's too nosy. She's <laughs> just entirely too nosy. I don't need all these things singing at me and talking to me. It's yeah. like, so at some point it feels a little lazy. I'm like, I can totally like get up to check if that's done. <laughs> oh We've had
0: Alexa done. for like maybe two months. And then I just saw my daughter like having a real conversation with her. And then we unplugged it. And I'm like, Yeah, no. <laughs> nope. I don't feeling of this. I don't know what's gonna happen next with her and this thing. Get it? Ripped, we're gone. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I never. Yeah, I never could get with full, full integration of smart appliances. Some of them are cool. Some of them are 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 neat. But um, at some point, you have to dial it back and say, Is AI taking over my house? <laughs>
0: Is this about to be people? a Hollywood movie up in here? I'm telling you, our dishwasher does this like one-minute song, and then it like slowly opens the door, and it creeps me out. And I just yeah, feel like no. there's a demon in there. I don't like it.
1: No, I'm good. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, I'm. Good. The most I want is for the refrigerator to tell me you left the door open. That's it. <laughs> That's all I need. I don't need it to. I don't need it to make me I'm like when did we become the Jetsons like I don't need everything to do everything for me so Too
0: much. yeah okay so my last question is heavy duty paint in the kitchen how do you feel on that uh,
1: you know that was a new one for me I was like uh, isn't paint usually
0: heavy duty I I, I, haven't I didn't know a different quality I put eggshell and eggshell usually works but I thought it was yeah on the question
1: that is a very interesting question that is news to me um i'm i'm i have no idea how to answer that one honestly because <laughs> i'm like what is heavy duty paint
0: i don't this know oh, be like, uh, i will actually, bulletproof? i will look into this more and i'll give some more <laughs> insight into it but as okay. of you know i was like i feel like eggshell works as it is yeah okay. you'll be good paints already heavy duty right um, So Quintise, that is our interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We had lots of laughs. It was perfect for ending the week. Like we said, Fridays are crazy, but I'm glad we got to connect. So this is such a good talk.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you and your time. And I'm really happy to be able to connect too. I mean, it's been a little bit, a little bit of time. We were both so busy trying to reconnect. So I'm glad we were able to do so.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I did just want to share, I did dig into that. What was that whole thing around more durable paint? And there actually is a new paint collection by Farron Ball that really is designed to be for the kitchen. Um, I've actually put it in my shoppable mood board. You can actually click the link to learn more about it. Um, But it does exist and it is supposed to be better than what we've been using in the past. I may need to order a test sample myself to see if that's true or false. Um, Thank you again for listening. Continue to subscribe and share with your friends and family. And as always, have some fun and stay safe. Bye-bye.